0: Hey, it's Trisha Thadani, City Hall reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. The podcast episode you're about to hear was published March 4th, 2019. You're going to hear my colleague Heather Knight say that the election is 10 months away. Now, it's one month away. But since then, aside from the candidates raising thousands and thousands of dollars, not much has changed. The race is still neck and neck, and it still has big implications for San Francisco. So here's San Francisco City Insider from March 4th, 2019.
1: Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with City Hall reporter extraordinaire Tricia Thadani. We're talking about the race to represent District 5 on the Board of Supervisors. The district includes well-known neighborhoods like the Haight, Hayes Valley, the Western Edition, and the Inner Sunset. It's currently represented by Supervisor Valley Brown, who was appointed in July by Mayor London Breed you might be wondering why we're already talking about one supervisor race that's still 10 months away. But Trisha's here to explain why this is a big story, why it matters for Mayor London Breed, and what it'll mean for San Francisco. I'll talk to Trisha right after this. Welcome, Trisha Thadani, to 901 Mission Podcast Studio. You're out of City Hall, here today to talk about the District 5 Supervisor Race. Yes.
0: Thank you, Heather Knight. Nice (laughs) to see you. (laughs)
1: Can you lay out the current field of contenders and why the race is getting so heated already?
0: Yeah. So there are two people that are trying to unseat uh, current supervisor, Valley Brown, who was a neighborhood activist, um, pretty well known around Hayes Valley and the Haight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was appointed by Mayor London Breed in July. Um, and London Breed, for those who don't know, was the former District 5 supervisor. Um, so, Brown's main contender right now is Dean Preston. So, he's a familiar a, name. Yes, a very familiar ra- name because he ran against London Breed in 2016 and only lost by about a thousand votes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he's, he's back and, and ready to win it this time. Um, and a third is Chanel Williams. Um, she's a city college trustee, um, but I haven't heard as much buzz about her yet as Dean, which makes sense because Dean already ran before, and um, he's already been ramping up his campaign. I live in District 5 um, in Hayes Valley, to be exact.
1: I won't ask you who you're going to vote for.
0: (laughs) Yes, please don't. (laughs) Um, And I've already been seeing campaign posters. So back in November before the last um, election, I remember seeing, like, dean's face on Mm -hmm. some posters and i was like this one's gonna get pretty crazy and then um i was walking the other day and saw more dean posters um and then the other day i saw one valley brown poster so they're definitely (laughs) they're definitely ramping ramping this up
1: there will be lots of posters soon
0: there if it if there's posters like 10 months before the campaign like i can't imagine how many there's going to be coming up um but so what's also notable is that they've already have um, a lot of money raised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these district races do tend to attract a lot of money. So, I mean, it's not too surprising, but still, Dean Preston he's raised a um, hundred more, a little bit more than a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars so far, and Valley Brown has raised, I think it was about ninety-three thousand, mm-hmm. and then Chanel Williams about four thousand okay. so far.
1: So, some big money rolling in already. Yes. Um, I heard that you had an interesting quote from Mayor Breed. Um, It seems like there's some bad blood still lingering from when the two of them ran against each other. Yes,
0: yes. So during that campaign, which was in 2016, um, I mean, it got a little personal between London Breed and Dean Preston. Neither one of them is known
1: for really biting their (laughs) tongues. No,
0: (laughs) which will make this race very interesting with uh, Dean Preston back in it. But so London Breed is very much like a child of of the Western edition, Mm -hmm. right? We've heard that story Mm -hmm. over and over again of how she grew up in public housing, blah, 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 she tended to contrast her upbringing with with Dean's. Mm -hmm. Um, Dean, uh, you know, right now he lives in Alamo Square and, like, pretty nice house and all that. But so she was basically, uh, for lack of a better term, calling Dean an interloper in Uh the District 5 race. And so in this one article that I had found from 2016 written by our former City Hall reporter, Emily Green... There's this quote from London Breed where she goes, quote, Unfortunately, I have experienced too many deans in my (laughs) lifetime, said Breed, who does not hide her hostility. People who come into our community and claim that they're going to be the savior of the community without understanding or have ever lived the struggle of what the community has experienced. Mm. So um, this race will be pretty notable, especially for Mayor London Breed, because she does have a lot of skin in the game. I mean, she did appoint... Valley Brown, who, like I said earlier, was a longtime neighborhood activist, mm-hmm. and I'm sure she'd be pretty upset uh, if the person that she had, like, put all of her weight behind is uh, defeated by a dean, <laughs> another as she dean.
1: Put it. Um, And a big change also from last time is that Dean Preston is now running as a Democratic Socialist, mm-hmm. and here in San Francisco, the chapter is best known for handing out tents to homeless people, and there's been some controversy in recent weeks during the winter storms that... Um, police and uh, public works crews are taking those tents away from people and demanding that they leave and democratic socialists say that's unfair especially with a waiting list for shelters Mm that's over a thousand people long so um that's kind of what they're best known for right now and he's a member of that uh group which um can you tell me a little bit more about about that so i asked him
0: when we were getting coffee the other day, like what exactly does being a democratic socialist mean? Um, And like, does that indicate that you've, that you've changed anything on your, on your platforms from 2016 till now? I think
1: the (laughs) platform. Different and the ideas are are no different in terms of where they fit around yes. democratic socialism, but but I think there is the reality that I think things did change on election night, 2016, and I mean, we didn't have a demo, an active democratic socialist chapter in the city of San Francisco or in yes. almost any city nationally uh, until after Trump came to power. So why do you think this race is starting so early? We're only midway through February and voters won't be heading to the ballot until November. So Mm -hmm. it's nearly a year away.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, it's Dean that's been pushing it to being so early. So he, for the last few months, like I said earlier, I started noticing his face on campaign paraphernalia, like back in um, before the last November election. Um, And he's coming out strong. He already has um, a full blown staff. Um and he's already been knocking on doors, he's campaign posters, he's raising money. And when I was talking to Valley Brown about this the other day and asking her, like, you know, are you surprised that it's starting so early? She did seem a little, like, thrown aback at how early it started. And again, this is her first campaign. So she... Um, she was like, yeah, well, I, I noticed that he was, um, had a pretty strong ground, or it seemed like he had a pretty strong ground, game going ready. So she was like, well, I guess I need to hire
1: a campaign consultant <laughs> now. Yeah, she can't sit back and wait. I mean, I kind of waited
0: till the beginning of the year just because, you know, I had a lot to do when yeah, I got in. Yeah. I mean, there was just a lot of work that I had to do and catch up on for the district mm-hmm. and the district things that needs, needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So, but now, yeah, I'm... I'm
1: now, I think
0: it's off to the race. <laughs> so, Heather, as someone who has been covering City Hall for much longer than me, um, I mean, do, from your experience, like do mayoral appointees, do they, tend, do they tend to win and have an edge on them?
1: Actually, surprisingly, no. It's kind of the opposite. Um, there's been a track record of people appointed by um, the mayor losing. So, I, I pulled together a list I can run down. <laughs> So of three prepared. tries by former Mayor Ed Lee to um, appoint a, mayor, a supervisor, and then that person ended up losing. So uh, let's see here. When um, Supervisor David Chu was elected to the Assembly from District 3, Ed Lee appointed Julie Christensen in his place, but she lost to Aaron Peskin, who's now, of course, on the board for the second time around. Uh, when Supervisor Ross Karimi was elected sheriff, Um, Mayor Ed Lee appointed Christina Olagi in his place, who then lost to London Breed. And we all know where London Breed is now, (laughs) Room 200. When Supervisor Scott Weiner went to um, the State Senate, uh, Mayor Lee appointed Jeff Sheehy, for District 8 to the Board of Supervisors, and he, of course, lost to Supervisor Raphael Mandelman. So there's a track record of um, these appointees mm-hmm. not being very popular.
0: But but to push back against that, legislative aides who are um, in office, they tend to do pretty well. So, like, for example, i remembering Catherine Stephanie from mm-hmm. from District 2. So she was appointed by Mayor Mark Farrell mm-hmm. or by Mark Farrell when he became Mayor, Tempor- right. yeah, interim and mayor. Too. Um, and she ran again, and then she won. It was a pretty close race. Though, it was, but, yeah, yeah, it was really, really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Katie Tang in mm-hmm. District Four, she was also a legislative aide. Now Brown, this will be interesting because Brown's both a she mayoral appointee, yeah, and she was a legislative aide for London Breed and Mirakarimi. Did I pronounce that right? Mirakarimi. Yeah. So yeah. I
1: think legislative aides um, become well known to their constituents because they're the ones who are usually answering mm-hmm. all the angry phone calls and emails and going to the community <laughs> meetings, and so people talking know talking to the reporters. <laughs> yeah, they do more of the groundwork that and their bosses who are the supervisors. So I think that gives her a leg up. Um, the best thing I've heard about Valley Brown over and over again is just that she's always out pounding mm-hmm. the pavement. She's very well known in the district. She goes to all the neighborhood meetings and festivals mm-hmm. and children's events, and she's just always around. And so she's a very familiar face, mostly because of her time as a legislative aide. Yeah,
0: yeah. She's very much someone who is of the district, like you're right. saying. Um, when she was first appointed, I remember just like going around and asking some of my neighbors about her. And one neighbor was telling me how he he's he had known her since for like 20 30 years because when she had first started with being a neighborhood activist and then when he learned that she was appointed as a supervisor he was like I started crying (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's really sweet now
1: she won't return my calls no I'm just kidding (laughs) but that's the reputation of supervisors yeah
0: yeah it's true Um, Valley Brown's, uh, experience in city hall is something that we can expect her to, um, obviously hold on to during the campaign and, and, um, a point that she'll probably drive on a lot to set herself apart from Dean Preston, who doesn't have any city hall experience. Mm -hmm. Um, so even in my com- last conversation with her, she was, you know, talking about all the things that she had done as a legislative aide and like, yeah, she's only been in office for a couple of months, but like, she really, really knows how the system works. So that's, that's definitely a big point we can expect to hear coming from her on the campaign trail.
1: Right. And then I know you've been tracking <clears throat> money. That's always a big issue oh, yes. in, <laughs> in supervisor races. Mm-hmm. So how's that shaking out?
0: Yeah. So, I like I said earlier, so Dean Preston, he's raised um, a little over $100,000, where Valley Brown, she's raised about $93,000. Um, something that coming from Preston's campaign that uh, voters should also pay attention to is it's very likely that... Um, that Preston is going to make super PAC money a really big deal in this race. I mean, he's already making it a mm-hmm. pretty big deal. As soon as the campaign filings came out, um, his campaign manager called me and was like, yeah, we're happy we outraise her so far because we know as the election day gets closer, she's just going to get inundated with super PAC money. Um, now, they're jumping to that conclusion because Mayor London Breed is... Um, or London Breed during the mayor's race, she did receive a lot of super PAC money, and her opponents made that a huge, a huge issue. Obviously, um, so they're assuming that because they're drawing the conclusion because because Breed got it, and then Valley Brown is her appointee, that now she too will also get super PAC money. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can see that being, being a really big issue. But when I asked Brown about that, she kind of scoffed it off and was like, there's super PAC money on both sides. That's an unfair conclusion for them to draw. And with the way that this money works, um, candidates can't solicit it. Like it kind of just happens on their behalf. So, yeah, money is going to continue to be <laughs> a big issue in this race.
1: Yeah, and um, just as a side note, Mark Leno and Jane Kim, when they were running for mayor, did make that a huge mm-hmm. issue. But um, I found it obviously didn't work for them because they're not the mayor. But um, also they both got super PAC money because you can't like mm-hmm. stop it from you know benefiting you. And so it kind of can make you look hypocritical if you... Condemn your opponent for accepting super PAC money, and yeah. then it comes your way because opponents, or excuse me, candidates can't really do anything about yeah. it. Yeah,
0: but do do you find that it that resonates with voters at all? I mean, yeah, they didn't win, but it was still a pretty close race between Mark Leno and Breed. Do you think this Leno's like claims of Breed getting all this super PAC money had impacted that?
1: Not really. When I'm talking to uh, San Franciscans and the things they care about and want to see from City Hall, super PAC money has literally never come up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll see how that works out for Mr. Preston. Yeah.
1: What are some accomplishments that Brown and Preston will likely talk about on the campaign trail?
0: So for Brown, um, it'll probably be, like I said earlier, her knowledge of City Hall. So she was a legislative aide for a number of years before becoming a supervisor. Um, And as supervisor so far, I mean, she doesn't have any like big crowning legislative um, accomplishments that... I could really think of. Um, when I asked her, she said that she has pending legislation on um, RVs and um, she's working with the mayor on something around Prop C funding. So she has like a couple of things, but nothing like big that voters in the district. No signature will. achievement yeah. so far. But she did say that she's close to securing a building for bringing a navigation center um, or an emergency shelter into district five she mm-hmm. said particularly in the hate so she actually pulls that off i mean that that will be a really really big deal because district i know district five um really really is open for the most mm-hmm. part is open to having a, a navigation center so if she can do that i mean that would that would be great but i mean there's a lot of hurdles to opening a nav center so we'll mm-hmm. see um and as for Dean, um, his main cl- claim to fame is Proposition F from the June ballot, um, and he s- spearheaded that. Um, and what it does is it provides um, a lawyer to every San Francisco tenant who's facing possible eviction. Um, so, But, you know, it passed in the June 2016 election. By the time this election comes around, it'll be November 2019, so that crowning achievement <laughs> might grow a little stale. So we'll see what, what he actually ends up focusing on for this one.
1: Great. Well, it's going to be an interesting race. So thanks for giving us the early look. Yes.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks to Trisha Thadani for being here today. And thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. See you next time on San Francisco City Insider. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the Editor-in-Chief, and Dominic Fercasa is this podcast's producer. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. I'm gonna call you City Hall Reporter Extraordinaire, okay? Oh, yes. (laughs)
0: Let it be known that Heather added that. (laughs) I didn't.